Welcome to Every Business Counts, the podcast which shows how money and numbers can support you to build a sustainable business. My name is Lynn Mann and I'm an accountant and a coach with over 20 years experience. In each episode, I will be exploring how money and your business numbers can help amplify the impact you want to make by focusing on purpose and profit. Because every business counts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Business Counts. My name's Lynn Mann and today I'm going to be talking about the meaning of money. So what do I mean about that? Well, if we think about it, money actually has a, a meaning as in the root of the word meaning. And I want to really explore that and explore how money evolved and where it came from. It's kind of the physicality of money. But I also want to look at what money means to us personally, because that has a much more emotional element to it. So if we look at the word money and the root of it, it actually comes from the Latin moneta, which was the surname of the goddess Juno. And money was seen to be minted at her temple on one of the seven um, hills around Rome. And it's also where the precious metals were stored. So that minting of the money is deemed to be the root of the English word money. Now, if we also look at cash, now I know for me, the word cash actually doesn't quite have the same emotional attachment to it as money does. Now, cash actually comes from cas, which was a box where money was kept. So money, uh, cash actually is much more about the, the physical coins and um, notes that we, we have. So. Just something to be aware of, actually, did money and cash, do they mean the same to you? Are they different? And how do you feel emotionally about them? So if we just look at some history around money, this is going to help us to understand how the practical and physical meaning of the word money, as meaning of money, um, came around. But also looking how the emotional attachment to, to money evolved as well. So if we go back to before there was money, then tribes would be bartering. They would be exchanging their goods for goods that they needed with other tribes. And if they didn't have, the other tribes didn't have what they needed, then they would actually use shells to capture or any other kind of inanimate object. But that was used to capture the value and to allow the trade to happen. And these shells or whatever was used could be exchanged again at a later date for, for different goods. Now this evolved as we moved to a more kind of agrarian economy and as bigger communities evolved because then what you had was that people who were exchanging for goods and services didn't actually necessarily want to buy the goods that the person who was buying from them. So for example, the farmer might not need anything from the shoemaker or from the doctor right now and so we started to see money evolving more and if we go to Mesopotamia what they did was actually create a commodity-based economy and they created a unit of weight and currency based on the weight certain weight of barley and that was used to help people to understand the value of what they were or attach a value to what they were buying and selling. Now, Lydia 
a country which is now within Turkey, around 600 BC, actually started to create a minted currency. And the reason they did this was for portability, which allowed them to really increase their trading both internally and externally and help the whole country's economy grow. The first country to use paper money was China back in 700 BC, and it wasn't something that was adopted by the Europeans until the 18th century. Until then, they were still using precious metals and attaching that value to that. What they found was in America, in the colonial governments, actually ran out of the coin, and they started to use notes. So that's how the the notes then representing the value of the coin started to come into um, being. Now, what you can see here is that it was money that allowed the economies, allowed countries and businesses to, to grow, to do so through trade and through that exchange of, of goods and services. So money was really a tool that we used to attach a value to the goods and services we were trading. At the same time, money is also being used to exert power and control over people. Um, we see this through countries, governments, religions, businesses, um, even in families. And if we go back to, to countries, you can see that actually some countries actually started war with other countries to reduce the value of that other country's currency. So these were called the currency wars. And you can see how things like this would actually start to bring in negative attachments to, to money. Money was seen as, as something for control and power and, and therefore not in a positive light. And even within individual families, you know, I remember growing up that my father was the kind of the, brought the money into the, the family and he saw the money as his money. Therefore, his needs overtook what everybody else needed. There was other families I knew in our neighborhood where the wife was given an allowance and that was what she had to manage the household on and there was no room for luxuries. So our experiences there really start to shape how we look at money ourselves. So why is money important to us? Why does money matter to us? What I want to draw on here is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, Maslow was a psychologist and he determined that we have basic needs and our needs kind of increase in this hierarchy. But to start with, we have to satisfy our needs of food, water, warmth and rest. And then we have to look at having safety and security. Now, in the Western world, what we see is that actually money has become a basic need. We need money to actually be able to buy our food. We need money to give us warmth. So it's really changed our relationship with money. And it really helps, again, starts to instigate some of the, the negative emotions because that there is that, that need for it. If we compare this to um, indigenous tribes that maybe have no concept of money, and Lynn Twist shares this in her book, The Soul of Money, she um, became acquainted with an indigenous Amazon tribe who'd been totally self-sufficient. They had everything they needed from the, the rainforest and approached life through this kind of this way of abundance. They, they had what they needed. They had enough. 
they had no awareness of money. And they realized, however, with um, kind of people encroaching on their territory, they needed to understand what money was about and understand how money could potentially help them. But coming from that place of curiosity rather than that place of, of need, if we compare this to the, the Western world, you know, we see that we have emotions very much connected to, to money. There's that fear of not having enough either in the now or in the future. So really understanding how we can change this, how we can reduce those, those negative emotions will help us all in our lives. And understanding actually how do you relate to money and what does it allow you to do will help you to, to move in this direction. So how do you relate to money? Is it a case of you ignore it? Does it drive you to be always wanting more, having more? Are you hyper aware of it, maybe feel controlled or trapped by it? What is it that is driving how you relate to money? You know, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel anxious? Do you actually block it out so that you don't have to feel that anxiety, but there's always that kind of niggling um, emotion underneath? Do you feel guilty for, for having money, for spending money? Or perhaps there's, you, there's a feeling of shame of not having enough. Money triggers so many different emotions in each of us. And none of these are right or wrong. It's being aware that what the emotions are for us and then seeing how we can start to remove those emotions and really see money for what it was really see it that money is a tool that allows us to buy and sell goods it, it's that exchange of value and to do that we have to know what money means to us what is it allows us to do now you may think well money is irrelevant and I get that. You know, for the longest time, I personally ignored money. Money came into my life. Money went out of my life. And I didn't want to, to have a relationship with it um, purely because I, I saw giving service, helping others is more valuable than money. Money was just there. And a friend of mine thought this was great, that she saw it as I had a positive relationship with money in that I didn't get emotionally um, drawn by it. But actually, when we dug deeper and when I looked into this, it was more that I didn't have a relationship with money at all. I just ignored it, which was not a healthy thing to do. And I realized I actually had to change that and to really start to understand what was driving that, but also understand what was the relationship I wanted with money. Because often we think of talking about money as bad, that having money is bad, having too much money is bad. And it's really seeing where those come from. What's the stories beneath them? And if you look back to episode three of the podcast and listen to that, you can start to understand maybe a bit more about the stories that are driving what you feel about money. But what I want you to remember right now is that it's money that allows us to buy what we need. It allows us to develop and grow our businesses. It allows us to make a bigger difference in the world. Understanding our current relationship with money and creating a more positive one 
actually allows us to use money in a more positive way, allows us to use it more effectively. Um, it reduces the negative emotions that we have. It reduces the need to maybe hold on to money and not let it go because we're scared of not having enough. It reduces the drive to, to be always chasing money because you need more or you think you need more. So one of the things I like to get clients to do is actually to think about what animal represents how they relate to money. and. When they do this, it's, and then look at the characteristics of that animal, it starts to help them understand a bit more about the relationship with money and how they want to change it. And I've had everything from, you know, the, the turtle where somebody would retreat into their shell until they felt safe and then come out to somebody who, um, said they were a mole. They just hid totally away. To myself, I felt I was a lynx, um, very secretive about money. So lots of different things come up for people. But when they start to actually work on their relationship with money, then they can start to change actually how they, the characteristics of the animal they're dealing with it. So, for example, the person who used to, to look at it as a turtle then evolved into the wise owl who could look at the overview of what she needed and use money more effectively and much more strategically. This is really remembering money exists to allow us to trade, to buy and sell. It is purely a true tool. But it has such an influence in our lives. It buys us those things that we need that actually creating a positive relationship with it and understanding the meaning of it to us, because that will be different to, between us and other people, is actually going to help us reduce the anxiety we may feel. It's going to help us to increase our positive emotions that we feel around money. And it's going to help us make a greater impact in the world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Every Business Counts. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to our Facebook group, Every Business Counts, and share what you've enjoyed and your highlights. I look forward to sharing more with you next week. Bye for now.